Thank you, Elena. That's my daughter, Elena. She's just back from being away in, in uh, the U.S. for the last number of months, but she's here this morning. And just so you know, um, all this this morning, uh, we had people here just after 6 this morning. We had people here yesterday getting ready for you today. And so hope you enjoy it. Hope you worship team. Thank you. People hosting, people serving to make it a wonderful, wonderful time of year. And on behalf of my wife, Shanda, and our family, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. It's our great privilege and joy to be a part of what God's doing in and through Horizon Church. And uh, it's just great. Season, wonderful season of the year. And uh, here it is, Christmas, ready or not. Some of you, you're going to start shopping as soon as we're done. I know you. I know you're laughing because it's true. Some of you, and I always used to think it was just the guys, but I'm hearing as well today some ladies out there are going to be venturing out into the mall. May the Lord be with you. You're going to need it. My goodness. You're taking your life into your hands. So there, that's what Amazon is for, people. Anyway, you know, Christmas, when you're, when you're uh, young, Christmas is all about the presents, isn't it? When you're small. I can remember one of my first presents that I really, really enjoyed was my sheriff's uh, thing. I had two little guns there. They weren't real. I grew up in the country, but it's relaxed. We had just little plastic guns. I had a badge and everything. Uh, I was there making people do what they didn't want to do, just kind of like pastoring. It was getting me ready, you know. Just no, I'm just kidding. But presence was, it's, it's a wonderful time. But as you get older, it becomes less about the presence and more about the presence. Who's with you at Christmas? Who's not with you? That's all entailed in this thing called Christmas. When, when I was young, we used to live in the interior of BC and south of Revelstoke up in the mountains. And, and at Christmas time, very often, we would go to my grandparents in Alberta, uh, east of Edmonton, in a little place called Alliance. Alberta. You, I don't know if you'll find it on the map. I think Google doesn't know it's there, but it's there. And uh, so we would go and we'd take this long trek. And this was in the days before DVDs in your car. Parents, if you got a DVD player in your car, you have never had a real road trip. You have not. I don't care what. We had an eight track that didn't work all the time. And if it did, it was Merle Haggard or Elvis Presley or something like that. My dad, oh my goodness. Wally, why are you playing that? No. But when we would travel, we would, uh, my dad being a trucker, because invariably when you have six kids in a car, uh, in a station wagon, a, a brown Ford station wagon, uh, there was no seats in the very back. My brother and I, we just rolled from one side to the other, going around those. We were glad when we got to Alberta because we stopped rolling from side to side. But you would sit beside your, your sibling and that, there was no DVD, so you would draw a line in the seat. Don't you cross that line. How many of you have ever been there before? Don't cross that line. And you would go right up to the edge of it. Your finger would hover over the other side. You're getting ready. And then you pull it back. Mom! And so it made for a lot of fun. But my dad got tired of the yelling. So every so often we'd have to get out and walk. And that's when parenting was parenting. Get out and walk. Are you going to pick us up? Just get out and walk. <laughs> to Alberta? Just get out and walk. Don't ever fight with your brother again. I won't. Well, we had this game that my dad would play because he was a trucker. Uh, we had to pay attention to the semi-trucks that were coming towards us and identify them what ones they were, keeping track of. That was a Kenworth. That was a Western Star. That was a Peterbilt. If you don't know what those are, you didn't have a trucker as your dad. But we would have to keep score. And invariably, if your kids 
You fought about that. That was a Kenworth. That was not. That was a Western Star. And you would fight all along the way. And, and when, was, when that was done, then we would be watching as my dad would overtake the cars because we did a lot of passing. He didn't really see the need to sit behind someone. On. So as we're going past those cars, you keep track of what province or state they were from and try to get as many as you could in as short amount of time. I've just helped some of you with parenting right now. Like I've given you games that can help your kids to grow, to love their father and to can't wait to be done. And uh, so as much as fun as those journeys were, uh, as much fun as they were, I couldn't uh, help but get excited when we finally arrived at my grandparents. I was not so excited to see my grandfather. I was a little scared of him when I was small. Uh, I can remember him having a big beard, and, and he smoked a pipe, and, and he was like something out of a cartoon character. I was a little scared of him, but he was okay. But it was my grandma who I was really, really looking forward to seeing. Loved my grandfather, but there was something special about my grandmother. And... Uh, I, she had this unique ability, and maybe you had a grandmother like this, maybe not, to make all of us feel like we were her favorite. I know she really, I was her favorite. Everybody else thought they were, but I was, and I'll just share that with you. Now, I know that, but she had that unique ability, and uh, we would be around, and I remember getting tucked into bed at night under like nine inches of homemade quilts that she had made, and like layer after layer after layer. You couldn't move. Like, you're just like, thank you, Grandma, uh, tucking you in at night. But it was because their drafty old house in Alberta, uh, you, you might catch frostbite in the night. So you made sure nothing was kept outside of the blanket. You just laid there till morning. Don't move. And, and that's kind of how it was. And, I, and when we were with her, she would be the one who would look the other way when you would sneak a butter tart. Everybody needs a grandmother like that. Because we know your mother's going to look, but grandma's going to, like, take another one. Yeah. And especially my grandma. She loved her sweet, yeah, it's a sweet tooth. And, and I kind of got a little bit of that as well. And I remember doing those kind of things where she's pretending not to, to notice. And she always, though, made time to talk, to correct us, to direct us, to, to be with us. That was what the exciting thing was. See, because back in the day, you had really two options to talk to people that were afar. You had to write a letter. I know that's that thing. You get a pen and you write on there and you send it. And so we would do that from time to time with my grandmother. The other thing was a long distance phone call. How many of you can remember the days when it was the first three minutes was like $19 and after that it was $3 a second? Like they, they, they made a billion off us and still they're doing it with our cell phones. We're suckers for it. But there we would and you'd be like, Talk to grandma, and all you can do is say hi. Hi, grandma. No, next one. There are six of us in the family, and we had to get through. In those three minutes, you had your allotted 12 seconds or whatever it was. And that was good, but what, what I really, really enjoyed was being with my grandma. The letter was fine. It was good to have a connect on the phone call for those 12 seconds, but really, I so enjoy being with her. It, was, it changed everything. And that's a little bit of like what Christmas is about. You're like, what, your grandma, Christmas? I thought it was Jesus. No, we're going to get there. Because the greatest thing about Christmas is not the presents. The greatest gift of Christmas is God's presence. God's present for us was his presence. And, and I think of it like in this way. Uh, if you're a Christ follower, you believe that there was... The beginning when God walked with people, he was with them, and then sin came in, and sin separated us from God. 
and sin separated us from the God who loved us, and they put a gulf between us, and, and God would show up in our lives and in, in history through fire and smoke and all kinds of supernatural events. He would speak through people who had wrote them down, and it became a Bible, and, and it was moments, and it was big, and it was spectacular, and it was always out there. But Christmas was this time where, which was always in the heart of God, where God said, I don't want to just write a letter to them. I don't just want to talk with them by the phone, as it were. I want to be with them because I want them to know who I am, not just what I do. I want to come near to them. The God who was on high came nigh. The God who was out there came here. And that's the story of Christmas. God said, I don't want them to guess at who I am because my very nature, not just my name, my very nature is love. God is love. And that motivated Jesus to come. I can't shout it from heaven. I can't. They run when there's fire and smoke. I want to be with them. I want them to know my love. And the Bible says this in, in uh, John, 4, or John 1. It says that the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. That's Jesus. It says that Jesus, God, became flesh and blood, veiled in flesh. The Godhead see the, the, the carol says, because we couldn't see God all by himself, but he was veiled in flesh, and we begin to see and get a picture of who God is and the story of God with us. And he moved into our neighborhood. He moved into earth, and he came. He who was far off came near. And he did all kinds of stuff in history where he turned water into wine, and, and some Christians are still wondering if that was alcoholic wine or that's non-alcoholic wine. And who, who cares? It was wine, okay? Like God turned water into wine, Jesus did, and he healed people. He brought people who were outsiders and brought them in, people that the religious people said, you don't have a place. Jesus said, you have a place. And, and he, Jesus did all this because he was motivated by love. He wanted people to see the true heart of God. And if you want to see who God is, look at Jesus. God is love. And in a moment, he came into the neighborhood. He showed us our need. He showed us love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And that neighborhood, there are still shadows in the neighborhood. There is still darkness. There is still darkness in the neighborhood. There are still things that cause us to wonder if God is there. But God is here. He came, and his power and his love is ever increasing in the world. He's moved into the neighborhood, and he moved into my neighborhood, and he moved into your neighborhood, and he moves into marriages, and he moves into families, and he, he moves into places where people feel afar off. He moves into places where people feel rejected. He goes into places where other people fear to go. He goes into places that have been written off. He goes to people that people say there's no place for them. That's the Jesus of the Bible. He is God is love, the God who was High has come nigh. The God who was out there is now here. The God who was beyond us is now with us. I'm glad Jesus moved into my neighborhood. Because let me tell you, who lives in your neighborhood defines your neighborhood. I had a neighbor when we lived on Vancouver Island by the name of Ted. Ted was a great neighbor. He's the neighbor you want to have. He had a key to my house. I had a key to his house. We both had renovations going at the same time. We coordinated our tool purchase. So I would buy a tool I needed knowing that he would need it, and he bought a tool that he needed knowing I would need it. We were better together because you can never, the rule is, this is, side, this is on the side, 
But if you're doing a renovation in your house, there is no renovation that is done without me being allowed to buy another tool. That was the rule in our house. That's right. My wife said, that's good. I'm going to buy some shoes. That'll be amazing. But when you have a renovation, you get a tool. And so anyway, with Ted, and the best thing about Ted being our neighbor, he had a hot tub because when it was winter, we came, hey, Ted, how are you? Good. Good to see you. I'm going to use a hot tub. I'll be right there. What a wonderful neighbor. It changed the neighbor, neighborhood. It's a, it made our neighborhood a place, just a wonderful, great place for our kids to grow up and be a part of. But you, how many of you have ever had that neighbor, though? The other neighbor. You know, the Bible says a couple of things. It says, love your neighbor. and also says, love your enemies, because often they're the same people. <laughs> now, you're laughing because you know it's true. The one who you breathe deeply and they, like, bang on the wall. Like, what are you making so much noise for? I'm, bro, I'm just, I, like, had a cough. Like, well, get rid of your cough. Go to the doctor or something. But Jesus moved into the neighborhood. He's not a bad neighbor. He, he actually changes the neighborhood. He changes the tone of the neighborhood. He, he changes the trajectory of the feel of the neighborhood. I'm glad Jesus came into my neighborhood. There was a number of years ago where in a space of a very short amount of time, the grandmother that I referred to at the beginning who was living with us passed away. Short time after that, a, a close uh, friend of ours and a family member as well, marriages blew up. Uh, not long after that, I got fired from my job. There's a story behind that which I am not going to tell you today. Not long after that, we had to move. People that had been our friends turned their back on us. We were betrayed. In all kinds of different ways where you're like, wow. What just happened? But it was in moments like that when we feel like God is afar off that he's actually quite near. In places where we feel so alone, he's actually quite near. In places where people reject us, God is quite near. He's God with us. He's not God out there. He's God right here. God with us. He moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. He's with us in our pain. He's with us in our betrayal. He is with us in our anxiety. He's with us in our greatest victory. God with us is hope for our everyday and peace for our one day. We have our everyday. What's your everyday? God is with you when you're blessed. He's with us in our rejoicing. When you feel lost, he is with you as your guide. When you feel under attack, he is with you as your protector. When you feel alone, he is with you as your friend. When, he is, when you feel alone and hurting, he is with you as your companion. When you feel afraid, he is with you as your peace. When you're sick, he is with you as your healer. When you're weak, he is with you as your strength. When you're in sin, he's with you as your Savior. Never leaves, never walks out on you, never abandons, no matter what other people do. But as much as Jesus does for our everyday stuff, he also, every one of us will have a one day. One day when we stand before God at the end of our life, when we stand before God. All of us will have one of those one days, whether you like it or not. Whether you're ready or not, you'll have a one day. And Jesus not only gives us hope for our every day, he gives us peace for our one day. The Bible says it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. He, God's greatest present was the gift of his presence. That's Jesus, God with us. God so loved that he gave. He gave himself. He gave of himself so that people who were outsiders could become insiders. 
If our greatest need had been information, God would have given us an educator. If our greatest need was technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need would have been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was and is forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior, Jesus, God with us. And that's why the angels said to the shepherds 2,000 years ago, this story of God with us is good news. It's great joy to all people. Not to some people, to all people. Not to the people you think are acceptable or don't think are acceptable. To all people. It's good news. He's with us. He's with and for the skeptic trying to figure it out. He's for the one who seems to have it all together, but behind the facade, there's all kinds of stuff. Behind closed doors, there's all kinds of issues and things. He's for the sinner trying to find their way back home. That's Jesus, God with us. He's for every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people group, every cultural group, God with us. He's for the immigrant. He's for the refugee. He's for the citizen. He does not see a difference. God with us, God for us, God alongside us. He's for the addict trapped in their drug of choice. He's for the one trapped by fear. He's God with us. He's for the LGBTQ community. God with us. God for us. Jesus had room for everyone. All. It's good news for all. It's good news for everyone. Jesus, God with us. Not the God out there, but the God right here. Not the God afar off, but the God inside. Not the God on high, but the God nigh. God with us is our hope for every day and our peace for our one day. Now, Shanda and I have always loved having kids around. Before we were married, we used to play with uh, our, my family's nieces and nephews. And that's in the period of time where, before we had kids when we knew everything there was about raising kids. You know those people, right? That was us. Uh, why do they not discipline in the correct way? Why are they not doing that? They should be in bed by now, I would think so. Ah, oh, getting out of bed. I can't believe that they allow that with their kids. Mm. Then eventually you get around kids a little bit more, and you want to be the favorite uncle and the favorite aunt, which we were and are. You feed them sugar. You let them stay up late. They watch a movie. Yeah, watch that. I don't know what that is, but you can watch it. I'm your favorite uncle. But... Something changed when we took our, when we had our own child and she went home with us. She added so much to our life, but beyond that, she changed the trajectory of our life and the two that came after us because they weren't out there. They weren't somebody else. They were with us. I remember leaving, coming out to the car and the nurses checking to make sure we got the baby in the car seat correctly. And we got all that, and then, we, yes, she's in there. And I remember turning, and the nurse is going back to the hospital. I'm like, hey, 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 wait, 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 wait a second. Uh, we don't, we've never had one with us. And sometimes that's how it is with Jesus. We, we kind of know about him. We might know the story. We might know about there's some sheep, and there was some camels, and maybe a shepherd. And I think, I don't know where Santa Claus fit in there, but somewhere we know about it. Some of us more than that, are happy to be around Jesus. We, we might like the songs. We might hear about it once in a while. We're, we're warmed by the community that's there, and we're around Jesus. But something, let me just tell you this, that something shifts in your life when you have God with you. 
When he's not out there, he's not somebody you know about, somebody you've read about, somebody you've heard about, but he comes and he lives with you. Lives with you. God with us. Because if he remains just a figure in history, he will never impact your destiny. But if you allow him into your story, he can change your story. In a moment, we're going to end with silent night. There's going to be candles. It's going to be a wonderful end to the service just in a few moments. But Christmas is a Christian tradition. And we get excited about it if you're a Christ follower, proclaiming the birth of Jesus. It's celebrated, though, in 160 countries around the world plus. But why does it matter? Why, does it, why did it matter 2,000 years ago? Why does it matter to Christ followers? Why does it matter to you? The Bible says that we are not here by accident. That God created the heavens and the earth. That God created you and I. That not only did God create you, He loves you. He's for you. He has a purpose for your life. You're not here by accident or by some happenstance because two people got together. You're known, loved, and seen by God. And, but you probably also realize that though God is with us, there's still all kinds of crazy things going on in our world. If you watch the news, no matter what is your news source, whether it's uh, social media news sources or it's a cable news or whatever it might be, that our world is a little crazy. A little crazy. Divisions and hatred and all kinds of things going wrong in the world. And then we look at our own lives and we see some of us, all of us, have issues, issues that torture us on the inside, things that bother us. No matter how good we might look, how good we might look to other people, we have our issues of anger, we have our issues of addiction, we have our issues of fear, we have our issues of... And I include myself in that we. God with us. But the good news of, the, of Christmas is that that even though sin has affected things so greatly, so negatively, that the problem of sin is not insurmountable. The power of sin in the world is not insurmountable. As I said at the beginning, sin separated us from God. Sin separated us from the God who loves us, from the God who's for us, from the God who believes in us, from the God who has a purpose for our life. He's not the God on high only. He's the God who's nigh. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And though we are separated from God, not only now, but for eternity, but Christmas, God with us. That's the reason for celebration. That's the reason that caused shepherds to come running. That's the reason that caused wise men to plan a trip probably two years in the making. That's the reason why angels sang out a song, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. It's good news because people realize that religion and trying harder could not get us back to God. But God, who is rich in mercy and abounding in love, came to us and made a way for us, who bridged the gap between God and us in the person of Jesus Christ. It's good news because God with us is hope for our every day and peace for our one day. Jesus came not only for our every day, but to, he also came at Christmas, but died at Easter for our one day so that our eternity is at peace that when we rest in peace we truly do rest in peace the reasons we celebrate Christmas is not only for our sins to be forgiven which they are and we're grateful for that not only so you can have a brand new start but get this that the God 
up there in your reality, in your world. As the video talked about at the beginning, he's actually God with us. He comes to be with you. He lives in you. He walks with you in the highs, in the lows, in the mountaintop, in the valley, in the desert time, in the time when you know what's going on, in the days when you're wondering what happened. God with us. God with us. Not against us. God with us. God for us. Never leaves. Never abandons. But all of us maybe have had a present at some point in our life. Or we'll be opening one in a day or two. But every present only has meaning if you open it up. Otherwise, it's just a nice box with pretty paper on it. But when you open it up, you get what's inside the present. And it actually makes a difference in your life. But if it just stays wrapped up, it's of no benefit to you other than sitting on your shelf collecting dust. In some, in some ways, I think that's what will you receive the gift of his presence as your present this year. In a moment, we're going to pray a prayer and it will be done. I prayed this prayer as a young person where I accessed the present of his presence for the very first time and changed the, the, the trajectory and the history and the destiny of my life. God has made an incredible difference. And in Romans says this, one of the books of the Bible, talks about it, where if I acknowledge that Jesus is real, if I, that I have sinned, that I need forgiveness, that ask him to become the forgiver and leader of my life, I can be forgiven. And the Bible uses a word called, I can be born again. I can have an absolutely fresh new start. And God begins to make my everyday look a little different. He brings hope in my everyday and peace for my one day. Everything changes. Everything shifts from the inside out. Not from the outside in, but God with us. He who is out there comes in here. He who was for somebody else is for me, for you. God with us is hope for our every day and peace for our one day. And for I'm going to pray here in a moment. I'm going to ask that you... All of us would join in that prayer, and especially if you're a follower of Jesus already, it just reminds us again of what the reality of Jesus is. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer like I prayed, and today you're like, I want to make Jesus the forgiver and leader of my life, to not be know about, not to be around him, but to have him with me in the reality of my day, in the good, the bad, the ugly, in the great victories and the deep sorrows, God with me. Or maybe you've Today, you would pray it for the first time. you say, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home to a God who loves me, a God who's for me, a God who has great purpose for my life. Let me pray. I ask you to repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I acknowledge that I have sinned. Please forgive me. Become my Savior become my leader. I thank you that I am forgiven. I thank you that not only are you God for me, you are God with us. You are God with me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that prayer for the first time, everyone walked in, you can just grab this card that was on your seat and just take a moment, find it. You might be warming it up right now. Uh, but it's just underneath you. And this morning, if, if maybe you're a guest, you're saying, hey, I need, to, I need to make a change in my life. I need to access that present of Jesus, not just know it's there, but invite that into my life. 
uh, we would love just to connect with you because we believe not only does Jesus come in your life, but you're welcomed into a family of people that do life together, that we are better together. And, and maybe as well, if, if you're saying, you know what, this is maybe the first time I've heard about this. I'm not maybe ready to make that decision, but I'd maybe like to journey along. We'd also just love your information. We'd love to answer any questions that you have, let you know what's coming up. And as you leave, you all you will also get one of these uh, new series cards. It looks like the Windows 95 on the back. You know you got it when you're cringing. That's the right one. Um, but we would love to just invite you. And, and if you're new to church, one of the best ways to figure out what this is all about is to try and say, hey, I'm going to commit the next four weeks, and I'm just going to say, hey, I'm going to be there each Sunday and see really what this is about. We'd love to help you take your next step. On